minus one minute. T minus fifty seconds. T minus forty seconds. Minus thirty seconds. T minus twenty seconds. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Zero. Own it, own it, own it, Kong. I own it. It did. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Hey, y'all. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. And welcome to the NXT After Show that we have every Thursday. Of course, my name is Stephanie Hardy, host and creator of V. Hardy Wrestling Podcast, commentator for the Belladonna Division, Battle Club Pro, and Black Girl Magic 2, and host on Women's Wrestling Talk. But I'm not alone. As always, I am sitting here with my partner in crime, my Women's Wrestling Talk sis, um, <laughs> host of NCAT We Trust, who just got off of an interview, just posted a new interview as well, and of course, the panel host for the Women of Color in Wrestling panel at New York Comic Con, which is next week, so please get pay us a visit next Friday. It's Katrina Blake. How are you? <laughs> Always such a lovely entrance. I am okay. A little tired. But I am glad to be here. Glad to have you on the other side uh, of this. Uh, and, you know, I'm excited. Yeah, of course, you know, I got to give love and all my intros. And, of course, for those who are watching live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, thank you guys so very much. And also, know that you can pop in on the comments while we are broadcasting live and share your opinions on how you felt about this episode of NXT, which took place this past Tuesday. Light up the comments, light up the chat, and, and you never know, you might wind up on the video. And we might um, address any comments that you make. We already have one um from plugo b2b on twitch what's good friends thank you hey, for watching up? hey so of course you will pop up on the screen just like plugo just did if you keep commenting so of course this episode of nxt was pretty solid for the most part um in terms of its action and in terms of a lot of storylines continuing of course as they lead up to halloween havoc which is 
coming up because October literally starts this week. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> and we're kind of feeling it, but as a whole, Katrina, how did you feel about this episode of NXT before we dive in? Uh, it was pretty solid. Um, there were some, like, I guess when we talked about the matches, I was like, hmm, the choice, but otherwise it was a pretty solid, uh, episode this week. Yeah, I feel that way as well. It was a pretty solid episode. Um, I love the way it started. There were a couple of other choices that I um, kind of enjoyed, but then others I was just kind of like, whoa, okay, this is where we're going. All right, let's go. Um, so we'll get into it. So NXT started with um, the returning Ilya Dragunov, who, of course, we saw get in the face of Braun Breaker last week. Um, and also the face of J.D. McDonough because he is making his NXT um, proper debut by basically challenging for the title that he never lost. Because, of course, Braun Baker did win um, and combine the NXT and NXT UK titles. And Ilya Dragunov, once upon a time, held that NXT UK title, but he had to give it up due to injury, so he never lost it. So because he never lost it, he has made his intentions clear that he wants to challenge for it. Um, and he wants to dethrone Braun Breaker the same way he fought tooth and nail to dethrone Gunter, who was, of course, you know, the NXT UK champion for over 400 days. Probably, actually, the longest reigning, one of the longest reigning champions in the modern era of WWE as we know it. And he was the one who dethroned him in a stellar match. I do recommend that you do go back and watch Ilya Dragunov versus Gunter. It was very hard hitting full of the British strong style that you're used to watching from NXT UK. If you do miss that kind of action, please look at that. Um, but Ilya Dragunov really is passionate about, you know, winning the title that he never lost. And I thought this was really incredible. But as he was making his speech, it was interrupted by J.D. McDonough, who is the um, number one contender properly of the NXT championship because he won his match against Tyler Bate last week. Um, but as he was fussing back and forth with him and basically talking about their past history at NXT UK, he was almost taking credit for Ilya Dragunov not being able to basically finish his reign, which I thought was relatively strange because I don't recall um, him being a part of the reason why that happened. But I mean, whatever. Go off, King. Um, <laughs> but in the midst of that, the champion, Braun Breaker, came out there and... Um, gave an idea but then on top of that he inserted a little bit of steiner math um which a lot of us fans love and know about because scott steiner is indeed his uncle and he made reference to that very famous slash infamous promo depending on who you ask about that math about a 33 percent chance of this happening or this happening and it all added up to a triple threat match challenge um for the nxc title at halloween havoc much to the chagrin of jd mcdonough who wanted to fight Braun breaker one-on-one -on -one again but Ilya looks like he is all here for this triple threat match. I'm here for it because I actually predicted it on my show, the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, and said that I wouldn't mind seeing a triple threat match because we've already seen JD versus Braun, and Braun beat him straight up. So a triple threat would actually freshen this feud up. So I actually liked this program. I thought it was really cool. So Katrina, how do you feel about this now being a triple threat match for the title? 
I believe when we were talking about um, him popping up last week that I thought that because he didn't lose and I was sad that he went down after such an amazing match and then he had to kind of give it up, you know, thoroughly the following week. And so with that being said, and then when you kind of hear like, oh, NXT UK is going and then we're doing NXT Europe is happening. And so there was a lot of changes within the NXT UK belt that happened in a very short period of time. And so... Uh, when he came last week, I was like, hmm, I do feel like this will probably be a trope with that because technically, as we know, but also as you stated, he did not lose the NXT UK title. So in this scenario, he did not lose, nor has he faced uh, Braun. To, like, we, don't know, we don't know what the outcome... I mean, we, I do believe if it was him and not Tyler that, you know, it might have been, you know, Braun might have still won, but we don't know what the outcome is because we never got that. There was there was a tournament because he was injured, and so we don't know what that could have been or anything because of that. And so this changes things a bit. And so I do think that this was the right move of having it be a triple threat match because you have. Some, I don't even know how JD got back in the title picture after losing recently, how he popped back up in there. But since he did win, I guess <laughs> his match that got him to be the number one contender, you know, it's like, uh, uh, we already, you already lost to Braun. And so at least with, um, you know, Igonoff in this, this can definitely be a new look at what we might get. And being that there's still the beef with Tyler uh, as well with JD. And so it's very positive. Like we don't, until leaving up into Halloween Havoc, a few things could happen. And so I'm excited that this is a triple threat match. I think it's going to be entertaining. And it will be nice to kind of see if a matchup between uh, Ignoff and Braun. Yeah, I'm yeah, really I'm excited to see it too. And then on top of that, it's like you have contrasts of different styles here. You have Braun Breaker, who is technically sound, but is mostly like full of power. And then you have Ilya and JD, who like to, you know, um, strategically tear their opponents apart. And like I said, use that um, European strong style. So I am interested in seeing that Halloween Havoc. It's shaping up to be a really cool event. Like I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. Um, so yeah, triple threat. Awesome. So <laughs> moving on um, for the re- into the rest of the show, we have our first match um, between Mandy Rose, the NXT Women's Champion, and, an, and a non-title match versus Fallon Henley. So now, of course, these two kind of got into it backstage um, last week, which sort of led to this challenge taking place. And Fallon Henley showed a little bit of what more she has to offer as an athlete in this match. Um, I was definitely pleasantly surprised with everything that she had going on in it. Um, Mandy proved that she was, you know, game for the challenge of facing off against Fallon Henley because, of course, she feels like she's superior to her, you know, because, of course, she technically is because she is a champ. But they went back and forth. Like, Henley had a lot of strikes against Rose hitting her a whole lot um, with her fists and then kicking her a lot and doing all kinds of aerial tactics in order to try to win. But Mandy Rose got knocked down. Well, Mandy Rose um, wound up knocking Fallon Henlon down after a certain point. And she got hit with the kiss on the rose, which is that knee that she gives. And then she covered her in a very salacious cover um, <laughs> um, for the one, two, three. And Mandy Rose wound up winning this match. Um, but, you know, I was, like I said, I was impressed with Fallon Henley's performance here. Um, and she's someone who I believe has a really bright future 
as a wrestler and not just as a manager. So um, this was a good match, but Mandy Rose wound up becoming the victor, as you see in that picture there. Um, but after the match, she got on the microphone and basically, you know, started talking about how she feels like, you know, every how she's basically ran through everyone and how Alba Fire, you know, wants to challenge her, but she feels like, you know, there's no chance that Alba has, but then she gets interrupted by Alba Fire on the um Titan Tron. And Alba basically lets her know that she has her number. And as she lets her know that she has her number, she winds up setting some wood on fire with that bat of hers, which I love. Um, because I just like it when people have fire and stuff and they want to set stuff on fire. I think it's cool. And she lit it up and the word said hashtag and new. So, of course, this um, flustered Mandy. But then you had Gigi and um, JC trying to calm Mandy Rose down and say, oh, no, she doesn't have a chance. It's whatever, blah, 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 whatever. But then something else interesting I noticed was as Toxic Attraction was celebrating with Mandy Rose, um... Gigi was holding the title like she was holding on to it for Mandy and I looked and I was just like you know it would be really interesting to see what would happen if Gigi turned on <laughs> Mandy for the title even though I know now they're going with Mandy versus Alba I just I'm I would be really intrigued to see Gigi you know might maybe turn on Mandy and then actually challenge her for that title and then as she gave the title to Mandy, she kind of like she almost kind of looked at it, but not really. I don't know if I'm overthinking it or whatever, but I thought that was just really interesting. So, Kat, how did you feel about this match and this entire segment as a whole? Oh, I thought it was a solid match. Um, you know, as I've said previously, I had my issues with Mandy, uh, but I'm respecting that so far every match she's gone, she's done a mix of winning clean, but she's you know, she's had of course where there was matches situations where Toxa Attraction help her win a match or help her keep a belt. But she's also have been winning clean. And so I can give credit where credit's due that I respect what she's been able to do in NXT. Um and so it was a solid match. I do feel like with Fallon, you know, if she keeps at it, I can, we can very possibly see her as like a good contender at, for the women's division. I feel like they're trying to like put her in slowly, uh, kind of like dipping her toe in a bit to see like where she is. And, and so, so far every time she seems like she's gotten a bit better. And so who knows in like a month or two where that will be for her. So it was a solid match. If with regards to her and Alba, I'm actually like, I do like, uh, you know, Alba, I like her. I like the gimmick. I like the character. And so I'm kind of interested to kind of see, will she be the one to dethrone, you know, Mandy? Would, who's going to be the one to dethrone her? It seems like she's, you know, going to pass my girl's record, which I'm not really happy about. But, you know, who, who who could be the person to actually dethrone her? And then you mentioned Gigi, and I saw a little bit where it was like a, maybe a second look. And why it might not be a big deal now, that could very well just be the seeds planting that, hmm, is she feeling a little jealous? You know, is it like, you know, she has her tag team titles gone and, you know, she was a solo competitor before, you know, popping into uh, NXT. And so 
who knows? I mean, it's very possible, you know, at, it, there's usually some discord when there's factions, when there's groups, somebody feels away, somebody's feels a little soft, somebody feels underused or overlooked. And so it's very possible that this could be something, but I, I saw it more as like she did double up, but I don't want to assume just yet that it's like, oh, she plotting, but I did peep the double look, like she looked a little harder than, you know, you would if you're just handing the butt over to her friend. So. Yeah, I was hoping yeah. that I wasn't just making it up. <laughs> Because in my head, I would love to see Gigi challenge for the title someday, whether it be on Mandy or not. But at the same time, I also don't want to, like, undercut, like, the progress of um, Toxic Attraction either, because I do like them as a faction. But at the same time, you know, a Gigi with a title... A singles title wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing because we've seen her and how good she performs, you know, as a as a like a tag team with JC. But we have yet to see her really fly on her own as a solo um, wrestler, even though we've seen her in action before. We have really seen her like really take off, take off the way that some people have, you know, solo wise. So um, who knows? You just never know. But at the same time, I did peep it and I was like, oh, girl, go for it. But anyway, I'm biased because that's my wife. But it's okay. Um, moving on, after that, we had um, a ladder match qualifier for the NXT North American title between Wesley and Tony D'Angelo, who came out there with stacks. Now, Wesley, of course, had a play saved for him um, in the um, ladder match qualifier. But he stated last week that he wanted to fight for his place. Because he wants to earn his place as opposed to just having handed to him just because he got attacked by um, Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes um, at the one year anniversary show. So this match got started and it was pretty good um, going into it. As you can see, Wesley was doing all of his high flying moves and hitting that drop kick. <laughs> like I just love watching Wesley like fly in the air. It's just a thing of beauty. He's just he's just like a beautiful bird. I love it. Um and he basically they basically went back and forth a little bit um and there was a point where wesley tripped up tony d'angelo and he fell face first into the turnbuckle and his knee landed weird um even though the pictures are showing more of the match it's like d'angelo landed weird on his knee and he didn't get back up and the referee of course was checking on him to see if everything was all right he couldn't get back up after that point then he called medical over there and they threw up the x and the referee stopped the match which basically resulted in wesley winning and going forward but wesley did kind of look regretful as you tend to do um when these injuries happen like nobody you know even though these people are really strong and they're amazing athletes. They're still human beings. And the body sometimes just, you know, hits an accident. Or it has a tweak where something just doesn't go as planned. So Tony D'Angelo um, lost the match but didn't necessarily lose it due to injuries and stuff. But Wesley is going forward in the ladder match at Halloween Havoc to fight for the North American title. Um, but it was kind of sad to see it end like that. So, Kat, how do you feel um, about the about Wesley going forward, even though it has a little bit of a stinker on it? I'm happy for him. You know, I like Wesley. I And we wasn't sure what WWE was going to do because sometimes he was on a roll and then sometimes he was losing. And you're like, come on, stop doing that. And so 
I'm happy for him, but I did I did feel like he did look a little upset, and I don't know if he was upset with the win itself or was he upset because he was concerned. Uh, you know, injuries suck, uh, and why I have been very fortunate not to have like an injury like that, so like where it's like you know something like that. I understand how it has to be like in pain or be hurt hurting in something, and so I felt like in a way he, I, I I wasn't sure if it was because of the way he won or he was truly just like kind of upset that you know D'Angelo got hurt I, I, I couldn't tell but it wasn't before all of that it was a good match um and I did that Wesley really shown for in particular uh with some of his moves that he was doing uh during that matchup I felt like he really like did his you know thing uh before that and so it was a solid match I'm happy that Wes is moving uh forward and I can't wait to see, like, I guess what we get next from that because I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm very excited as well. Uh, we have JD in the chat. Hello, um, with your little red kitty. Love it. Um, yeah, I am looking forward to Wesley um, moving forward in the match. Well, as it stands now, um, the participants we have are Carmelo, um, Oro Mensa, and Wesley. So, of course, they have to have a couple of more matches to get more people in it. Um, Andre Chase has one that's coming up next week where he has to qualify for it. So I'm really excited about that. But we do send well wishes to Tony D'Angelo. Um, and we do hope that he does get well soon so he can get back in the ring um, pretty soon and just entertain us all. But, of course, healing comes first. But also something interesting that I did notice was before the injury happened was the fact that Stax kept trying to interfere on his behalf. Um and try to like distract Wes, but then it also seemed like he was low key trying to distract um, Tony too. And it's just kind of like, bro, like whose side are you on, sweetie? So there, and speaking of sowing seeds of discord, like in a family, it seems like that was happening a little bit too. So, Kat, how do you feel about the possibility of Stax kind of, you know, trying to um, insert himself a little bit more in Tony D'Angelo's business? I don't know. I mean, I just mentioned that sometimes uh, in factions and groups, there is some discord. There's the ones that feel overlooked, the ones who feel like they're not getting their due shine, their due time or whatever. So I, I, I feel, I, I'm not surprised. We already kind of had some stuff going on previously with the whole big thing between them before uh, with the groups. And it was a lot of discord then. And so I feel like, you know, it's very possible that maybe somebody will be leaving you know maybe he wants some time to kind of stand on his own without the fa the family like attached to that and so we'll see but I, I feel like this like this was coming because you think of like previous weeks even like a month or two ago when there was like that discord where it wasn't always on the same page within the group and so I, I I felt like this was coming I just want I'm just curious to know like how going towards that what they're going to do if it's going to really be like a big blowout type of like situation where it's going to be done or it's going to be just like some discord but they'll work through it and it still will work so we'll see but i'm not i'm not too surprised because i was like yeah you kind of saw it with other things within like some of the interactions that it might have been some like not everybody on the same page yeah you just never know these days it's just like people just can't keep friends dang 
But yeah, here's hoping that everything does get better for Tony D'Angelo dealing with that injury. And also shout out to Wesley for coming out with the Connors Cure Fighter, Quinn the King Crusher Molitor. We love it when they come out with the children because, of course, September is um, Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. And they have been doing more with the kids on NXT. So I do love that. So shout out to him. And I hope you um, continue in your success um, in fighting cancer because, yeah it's a beast but those kids can handle it because they're strong and they have a great spirit so moving forward we did see um carmelo hayes backstage watching that match take place um and he got confronted by um oro mensa who was ready to sort of you know assert himself because of course they're in the ladder match together and we got to see more of him and i thought that was cool um so I just, I want to, I low-key want to see a match between those two. Like, a singles match. Like, I feel like a singles match between Oro and Carmelo would just be really good for my soul. It would be really good. But I'm really, yeah, I can't wait. Like, I cannot wait for this ladder match. It's going to be so good. Then also moving forward, we had another promo from Apollo Crews. um, Further warning Grayson Waller that his justice um, was only beginning because, of course, we saw him last, well, a few weeks ago with that bleeding eye, which creeped me out. Um, <laughs> so he's trying to get his vengeance on Grayson Waller for um, injuring him. And so um, he also called him the B word, which I thought was really interesting. I was like, oh, OK, we're getting bucked now. OK, Apollo, I see you. But yeah, then Grayson Waller announced that he would be having um, his Waller effect um, show, his talk show. Um, and his special guests will be Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez. And I feel like as happy as I am that these two are actually, you know, having this time to talk to each other, I'm ready to see them fight now. Like, I know they're probably stretching it out. Um, or maybe they'll have like a stipulation match at Halloween Havoc or something. But I'm really ready to see these girls fight. But I'm not too too angry about watching them on the Grayson Waller effect. Because you know Grayson Waller is going to start a pot. Because um, that's what he likes to do. So that was really interesting. So Kat, how do you think it's going to go on the Grayson Waller effect next week? Between Core and um, Roxanne. I mean, I don't think we're going to get like a full interview. I feel like there's too much animosity. We... Uh, between them that I don't think we're going to get an actual interview. It might start off, you know, respectful. It might even start off where you get an answer to, but I feel like we've been kind of waiting for them to really get into after Cora's, you know, betrayal. And so I don't think Roxanne is going to like, you know, she's the face of the two, but sometimes even as a face, you get, you get tired enough's enough. You get tired of the shenanigans, you know, it's one of those, uh, F around and find out <laughs> as my friend always says that I'd be like, that's me. Like, I'd be like, okay, you know, eventually you're going to find out. And so, um, I feel like that's kind of where rocks your know, Roxy is right now. Just like, we, we're going to see, excuse me, Roxanne, we're going to see, uh, that, We'll probably get a little bit of an interview, but I do feel like because he's going to stir the pot, it's going to probably end up in some kind of fight or a brawl. And so I'm with it. I feel like we I, we deserve this after Cora's shenanigans. I feel like she needs a really good butt ribbon, honestly. But we'll see. Yes. And in the comments, JD is saying that I'm bloodthirsty. <laughs> see, here's the thing. 
I don't look at it as I'm bloodthirsty. I just like it when people, I just like it when people fight, like, which is why we're here, <laughs> number one. And number two, um, it's just that I feel like when you do somebody wrong, there's only so much wrong you can do to somebody until that person gets tired of it, like Katrina said. And the other person wants to push back. And honestly, it's just, I'm just really ready to watch Roxanne, you know, step out of her nice girl persona and really get buck on Cora. Like, you have to think about all the disrespect that Cora has given her, you know, out of nowhere. It's like one minute y'all best friends and you guys are tag team champions. Then the next minute you basically ruined her chance at the NXT Women's title, betrayed her, threw your titles in the trash can, and then she further disrespects you when you have an opportunity to fight a legend like Mako Satomura, and then she beats you up with the with the pipe, and then the last time you guys fight, you know, she used that underhanded tactic as well. So it's just kind of like, there, how much more can one girl take? And I'm just ready to see Roxanne, you know, really step to her and let her know, like, you can't just mess with me like that and just assume that just because you got all these tattoos and you've been dressing in these new outfits that you can just treat me any kind of way. You can't do that. And I'm ready for that to happen. I'm ready for Cora to get her just desserts. No vanilla cake, though. So, yeah, I'm ready for it. And that doesn't make me bloodthirsty. I mean, <laughs> I'm just ready for it. I'm just ready. Um, we have another comment. Um, Ichibuti97 says, who do you see slapping Waller in the face during the Waller effect segment? I, I, shoot. I thought that would be Cora. Like, I feel like if Roxanne's going to do anything, it's going to be to Cora. I don't see her slapping the host. I do feel like Cora might feel a way, especially if he asks a question that she may not like or she if he says anything that we've been saying like you know you kind of just whatever i feel like i i feel like that's more of a core thing to do like she might have to like threaten him or something i feel like if any if any hands gonna get thrown on roxanne's side it's gonna be towards cora oh yeah uh, like i'm definitely here for cora slapping him or something like that but i i can see grayson and cora ganging almost ganging up on roxanne Simply because the both of them are bad. Like, like simply because the both of them have bad attitudes, I can really see them, like, ganging up on Roxanne and her slapping Cora and slapping Gracie. So, hey, you just never know, but I'm really excited for it either way. So, continuing on with the women's division, we had the debut of Sol Ruka versus Amari Miller, um, who hadn't been on TV as of late, but is back, you know, after dealing with an injury and other um, things, um, dealing with social media and stuff. But here she is back on television fighting the debuting Sol Ruka, who looks like she stepped out of Blue Crush. Um, and that's, and I mean that as a compliment because that is a really good um, 2000s surfer movie. But at the same time, she just looked like she sort of stepped clean out of there. And this match... Um, was a little bit of a struggle because you can tell that Sol Ruka is a little bit, is new, of course. Um, and then you also have Amari who hasn't wrestled in a while. Um, but at the same time, she was still trying to make it work with Sol. But something that impressed me about Sol is the fact that all of the, all of the momentum that she had where she was utilizing like her gymnastics background, it was almost like she was moving so smoothly in the air that it was almost like a ribbon or like a balloon floating off into the distance. It was just like every time she moved, it was like, whoa. it was just like, cool. Like I was here 
it's like it's like if all of her offense was in the air i would deal with it and be okay and it's like her entrance kind of reminded me of Charlotte, kind of like how she'll come in and then she'll do a split and then she'll um, do like a little cartwheel and everything, just adding more of her prowess to um, her entrance. Like that's just what she reminded me of. And then she's tall and stuff. So she just she has the look and she has the athleticism, but there's still so much that she has to work on, um, even though she wound up, you know, winning this match by a pinfall um, by jumping off of the top rope onto Amari Miller. There's still so much more that she has to um, improve on um, as a superstar, but I'm not necessarily doubtful about her success either. Cause she has, she has a ton of potential. So Kat, how did you feel about Sol Ruka's um, debut and her win against Amari Miller? And what do you think the future holds for her? I, I do think uh, she has potential. You can tell, definitely tell she was a bit green. I don't particularly like to use that, but that's kind of, I guess, the best way to kind of describe it. Like, she has to learn. And, and it's also one thing I, I think some people forget also that with WWE, their style of performance is a little different than other places. And so it's like you have to then learn the WWE way to connect with the WWE audience. And so, you know, I feel like in this regard, you know, with the right, you know, training and just making sure she kind of keeps at it and, you know, training or, you know, getting tips or whatever, you know, if you're in the ring and learning other things, I think she will be fine. I, I definitely think like there was, especially with some of the things where she was kind of up in the air a bit. I'm like, oh, if she tuned this, this actually could be really good. And so I, I she needs, you know, obviously again she's new you can tell uh and she needs you know to kind of tune that a bit and tighten it up but she could very well be like a force to be working with if she kind of continues making sure she just tweak some things because it kind of also gave me that she was a little nervous as well which totally understand it's stuff i totally understand i mean that would be me <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. totally I, I i get nervous very easily with new situations and so i totally understood that it seemed like she was a bit nervous uh but she did well and she still got the win and so even though you know she needs to, to tighten it up a bit I, I definitely think she has a lot of potential i can see her really going far she kind of keeps at it Oh, uh, and it was kind of nice to see. Like, I, I'm appreciating that they're trying to do, like, we get to see different people. Like, obviously, they're the main ones we see every week. But I like that you kind of get a good range of the roster where it's not where you're like, so what happened to this person? <laughs> like, you saw them one time and then we never see them again for, like, five months. And then you see, like, wait, where were you this whole time? And so I like that even though we have our main core storylines, we still also get, like, the people we might not have seen, like, every week, but they're still there. And so that's always a, it's always a good thing to kind of see stuff like that with regards to Amari, because uh, she has been back, but we haven't seen her too, too often. But So it's nice to kind of say, like, oh, yeah, she's still here and, you know, got her uh, in the ring. Even if she didn't win the match, it was still good to see her. Yeah, it yeah, was. Um, it was a really good um, debut, but like I said, I can't wait to see what more she has to offer. But let's go to the comments. Um, Ichibuti says, I see potential in Sol Ruka. She just needs a different finisher because the one she did on Amari didn't look effective at all. That's fair. Um, and, and she also says, I'm waiting for Jakara Jackson to debut. Um, I believe we all are too. We have seen her, you know, sort of post stuff on social media, but we have yet to see her debut. But you know, they have a lot of talent. So 
it's probably going to take some time um, to debut everyone, you know, at a certain point. But we, you know, we're on the right track with seeing some of these newer people. And, you know, they can only learn and go up from here. So congrats to Soruka. That was cool. So um, we also had another segment involving Pretty Deadly, the NXT Tag Team Champions, sort of talking about, you know, their daily routine and how they prepare for the day and, um, they definitely live together and then they sort of and they were talking about, you know, how in comparison to most people who start their workouts like really early in the morning, like at 4 a.m., they start theirs, they sleep in and start their workout at 10 a.m. <laughs> um, but then they really don't make it at 10 a.m. because they begin ready and they have a very, very um, deep beauty routine <laughs> involving brushing each other's hair, doing facials and picking each other's outfits and stuff like that and eating breakfast. And it was just the funniest thing to watch them sort of get ready and then go to the gym and then, you know, talk about other stuff that they like to do during the day as well. And then we're supposed to be seeing more of it um, next week. And it was just really funny to see them act that way and be all prissy and funny with each other. Like it, it almost like I was live tweeting and a part of me was like, you know, they kind of get ready together the same way a couple would, like if they live together, or at least how I imagine it would be. Um, so it, it was pretty interesting. Um, I thought it was funny. And in the comments, JD is saying people up at 4 a.m. are creepy. Hey, Listen, it's I mean, cool. I don't, I can't either. Like, if I have to, I guess, but let's not. <laughs> not oh gonna God. be not gonna be my best at four a.m. <laughs> I, I might stay up to four a.m. because I've done that multiple times. Unfortunately, if I got too busy or I've had to work or something, and I'm like, oh crap, I'm it's I'm still up, and I've done that. But as far as waking up at four a.m., no, I feel like that's where the line have to be drawn. No, <laughs> I can't. The only way oh, I'm up at four a.m. is if I have to travel. That's it. Like if I that is my boundary. Because I wake up at five um, or, well, no, I wake up at six now every morning. And I feel like the only way I'll wake up at four is if I really have to go somewhere that requires me to get up that early. Other than that, I'm not getting up that early because I'm just absolutely grumpy. I can't stand it. Like, I can't stand it. Just, oh, God, it's it's terrible. I hate it. Um, <laughs> I absolutely hate it. Um yeah, um, each booty saying getting up at 4 a.m. seems like a lot of work, but I can stay up at 4 a.m. Yeah, I've definitely though. done the stay up at 4 a.m. and not even on purpose, just working. Oh, <laughs> I'm God. Like, I go to bed. <laughs> I've never stayed up till four. Like I'll my I'll I've stayed up till like maybe two, but not four. Like that's a bit much. The four but, was yeah. accidentally. I was like, oh, I oh like it's this late. Like oh, I gotta go to bed. I didn't realize. It's always I never realized it. I'm just like kind of going away. And I'm like, how did this much time pass? And I was oblivious to it. That's that's usually what it is. But as far as like partying, no, no. I'm I'm I, I feel like old people. I'm like I'm in bed up there. So like okay, 10, 11 o'clock. <laughs> if it's like something where I gotta party, no, that's where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to bed early. <laughs> I can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. But moving forward in the rest of the show, we had um, a match which kind of caught me off guard um, that this happened on, you know, regular NXT TV. But, you know, it's, it happened. And it was between Cameron Grimes and Joe Gacy, who, of course, came out with the dyad. Um, and huh, this wasn't exactly as big as I thought it was going to be. 
be in terms of, you know, them sort of going back and forth and Joe Gacy, you know, attacking him, um, attacking Cameron for not joining them and, you know, not, you know, subscribing to their way of living. I just thought that this was supposed to be a little bit more than it was. And I was left sort of wanting more from this. Like, I'm more than sure, you know, they might fight later on again. But at the same time, I was just like, I really felt like this should have been, there should have been a little bit more to it. But even with, you know, Cameron Grimes giving the best that he had to give with his athleticism, which is always on point, um, Joe Gacy was playing on his emotions and it wound up leaving him, you know, vulnerable to all kinds of interference from the dyad who set up um, Gacy to hit the handspring clothesline for the win. So after that, you know, it, it just went really quickly. And I was just like, um, where's the rest of it? Like, where's the rest of it? Like, where's the rest of it? But Joe Gacy has the win, but I'm not sure if this is it between them. So Kat, tell me what you thought about this match. Um, and did it leave you wanting more? I'm going to have to agree. I, I, I was a fan of uh, Joe Gacy prior to this. And so, again, I was. I, they started him off with one way and then they kind of made him to this cult guy. And so I'm like, mm, I don't really do cults. Uh, I was having like, my issues with those. Uh, and so, you know, I kind of feel like with everything they've been kind of been going on the last month or two, especially with them kind of messing with Cameron, especially with him going through his like identity uh, situation when he lost his title and then not knowing what he wanted to do next and where he wanted to be and all of that stuff. And so for all of that, for us to have such a quick match, I was like, oh, all right. I, I kind of felt a little bit more like, oh, we probably, I, like, what is this? Why why is this not, I guess, more? And maybe it is that they're building it up to Halloween Havoc because I feel like something has to come to an actual head where it's an actual, like, it, it can't be these little weird segments and then, like, these little quick matches because I kind of feel like that defeats the purpose of doing all of this with them for the last few weeks. It, it makes it seem, like, not as important with the story. And so... Maybe they're building it up to Halloween Havoc where they're going to really have them go all out. But I was a little surprised that it was like, oh, we finally got it. And then it wasn't like it wasn't a match where like there was some kind of like interference. And that's why the match was quick. It literally was just a quick match. <laughs> so it's not like, you know, one where there was like a disqualification and that's why. And like, oh, you definitely got to get him the next time type of situation. It was just, uh, you know, okay this is kind of quick or where are we going with this? And so hopefully by, you know, they're building this up for Halloween Havoc and then they can really have an actual like solid match. Uh, Cause I was a little like, Hmm, after all of this, this is what we get. And so I'm guessing maybe it's like a little tease. I, I mean, I'm going to call it a tease. <laughs> I'm hoping they don't just all of a sudden it's like a different storyline. Cause I won't be like, well, what was the purpose of everything that's been going on between the two for weeks now so i'm hoping it's just you know we're gonna get them in halloween havoc but i was a little surprised of how quick the match was and i was even more surprised that joe gacy was the one that got the win honestly <laughs> and it wasn't like there was like, inter like really interference or anything it's just he got the win which i was very surprised by yeah and then also while the match um after the match ended joe gacy basically yelled at, jo uh, at cameron grimes and told him that without the the schism he has nothing and I feel like that's been a common theme throughout this entire feud is the fact that Joe Gacy has just been reiterating to Cameron Grimes over and over again that he's alone and that 
him by himself isn't enough and because he's been losing all these opportunities and because he doesn't have a family that he's just going to be ultimately unfulfilled and Cameron Grimes I feel like there's only so much of that you can take like I said earlier until you really just want to shut Joe Gacy up you know and just tell him to just leave you alone so I feel like maybe, you know, since Halloween Havoc is coming up, there will be more to their feud. And considering Joe Gacy is a very creepy man with a cult, it would fit the entire spooky season vibe that Halloween Havoc has. So we do have to wait and see for that. But either way, this match um, did leave us sort of wanting more. And maybe that was the point. So we just have to wait and see what they're going to do with that. But Joe Gacy coming out with the win was surprising. I do agree with you with that. Um, in the comments, um, each booty saying Cameron Grimes, I think was in two different ish feuds because they were teasing Tony versus Cameron, but since Tony is injured, I feel like this won't be the last time they have a match. Yeah, definitely. They were teasing that because they did get to fighting backstage, um, over that espresso. So <laughs> yes, that did happen. So moving forward on the card, we had more women's action, um, between Nikita Lyons, who had Zoe Stark in her corner, versus Caden Carter, um, who had Katana Chance in her corner. Now, Katana Chance and Caden Carter have basically, since they've won the um, tag team titles, they're willing to face anybody. And since Nikita and Zoe really had their one opportunity, you know, that was sort of taken away from them due to medical issues for the women's tag team um tournament they're looking to bounce back and challenge for the nxt tag titles so um they decided to have a singles match against each other and after a little bit of playful teasing that they had back and forth at each other involving dancing and twerking a little bit and stuff like that which i did enjoy um they got started with this match and it was really good like i enjoyed it like i thought it was cool um, in the sense that we got to see more of Caden Carter, you know, by herself. And I remember the first time I saw her wrestle, I believe it was in one of the Mae Young classics. I forgot which one it was. Um, but when she was fighting, like, she was somebody that I was enthralled with, you know, already. Not even just the fact that she looks like me, but just the fact that she was just so good in the ring. And she moved so smooth and she had these really hard kicks and stuff. And I rooted for her the entire time. And I was sad she didn't go forward. Um far but I was still happy that she was still with NXT and still with WWE so she had a really good performance in this match against Nikita but Nikita um really did show that she could um fight against her a bit and they really had sort of like a battle of the high kicks or the roundhouse kicks as well so it was really good I enjoyed it it was speed and power versus each other but Ultimately, Nikita wound up winning via pinfall after she hit her roundhouse kick and then hit her split on her and hit her with the one, two, three. Um, and this left um, Team KC Squared feeling a little bit shaken up. But this match was good. So, Katrina, how did you feel about it? Uh, I thought it was good. Um, I was a little surprised that they did go with Nikita. And I'm saying this only because... It's, it's, it's always weird to me when you have, you know, a tag team and then when they do the solo matches, they're losing because it's like, well, they were good enough to win the tag team title. So why is it now a struggle? And so I was a little like, hmm, that that that, that, that was just one of the matches I was saying. I was kind of like, kind of like, why was this the choice? And while I get that they like to push Nikita and that's 
fine and all. It just was a weird thing to have her, you kind of like lose this match being the, the tag champion, you know? I feel like if they're gonna really, it's not even like there's like a feud feud because, you know, Casey scored, as you called them, <laughs> you know, they've been um, with a few tag teams because they've been champions. So it's not, I don't think they have one really set feud for this to be like, all right, they have a feud going on and maybe Nikita kind of got the best of her. It was just like, hmm, why would you have her lose a match when she's supposed to be the champ, like the tag champion? And they're kind of having Nikita go on this tag team champion thing, you know, which is why I guess uh, Zoe was there. Uh, and so that was a little like, hmm, I wasn't sure how I felt about that decision. But it was a good match in regards to letting uh you know Caden kind of show like what she can do you know I I feel like again before you know with her with the tag titles it was always kind of she was behind and stuff and not really like showcased as much as she probably could be and so it was good to kind of see her uh show off why she got signed in the first place um like that and it was nice to see but I was just like hmm why did she I felt like she probably should have won it just to kind of also solidify the fact that she's tag team title and she's finally, it's like she's coming into her own, like they're really allowing her to do that. And so I was a little bit hmm, about that choice, but otherwise it was a good match. Yeah, um, I do um, have a, you know, I do understand that concern in the sense that you would have like two, like you have the champions and you sort of, believe that they should be booked to be dominant in all aspects even in singles competition um i do understand that like because a part of you do wonder like if they're losing as the singles then how is exactly then how exactly are they going to look strong as a unit if they're losing as singles like i 100 percent get that but at the same time you know i guess they're just trying to you know, still make Nikita look as strong, you know, or Nikita and um, Zoe look like really strong contenders for that title and for the tag title. So I don't know, I guess that's just what they're trying to do. But at the same time, I'm sort of here for Nikita doing more and being shown more as long as she doesn't, you know, um, as long as health and other stuff doesn't get in the way of her doing it as well. Um, but in the comments, we do have um, um, Ichibuti responding saying, May Young Classic 2 was when Kaden first appeared and her match with Mako was so good. Yeah, definitely. And JD was saying that their little booty shakes were cute in a playful way. Yep, those were really cute. Um, and he also said, side note, Lions has the worst wrestling gear that I can remember. Um, I feel like a lot of people say that. But I don't necessarily agree because I think it makes her look like a really hot ninja. Because <laughs> it's like I've seen that outfit being sold like on Amazon and some people will wear it. But then they'll have different stuff to sort of secure stuff better. Um, but I don't know. I just I mean, sometimes I just feel like, you know, she's just doing the best she can with what she has. But either way, I mean, either way, Nikita wound up winning and it was still a pretty good match. So that's what we have. Um, then we had a segment involving Chase U as they were having a pep rally slash press conference with Andre Chase sort of celebrating, you know, their various victories that they've had so far, especially with him defeating Cameron Grimes. That was cool. Um, but then he also announced that he will be facing Von Wagner in that um, qualifier match for the ladder match um, for the NXT North American title. And 
I was wondering how is it that Von Wagner qualified for this type of match when he really hasn't been as dominant lately? I don't know. They're still trying to make him happen and it's just not working with me, but that that's another conversation. So anytime Chase U is just on the screen, I just feel happy. They're just so amazing. And then they also have new hoodies too. So I think at some point I'm going to be purchasing a shirt and a hoodie um, just to support them because Chase U is just the cutest thing on the planet. I love it. Um, and I also love it when Andre Chase cursed that reporter out. <laughs> He was just like, why the F would you ask me that question? Like, I just love how he's just all chill and professor-like at first. But then the minute somebody asks him a question he don't like, he just goes off the deep end. <laughs> it is so hilarious. It's unhinged, but it's hilarious at the same time. So we love Chase U. And then um, backstage, we had more of some more stuff with Toxic Attraction confronting Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark who were sort of celebrating their win and getting an interview but then Toxic Attraction you know confronted them and talked about how they basically have no business challenging for those tag titles but Zoe you know basically told them and bit back and said look y'all don't even have those tag titles anymore so why are y'all coming over here getting in our face when you should be getting in the face of Team Casey Squared so they started biting back and fussing back and forth with each other until, of course, you saw some flames <laughs> pop up in the middle of them. And it was Alba Fire. And she basically um, stood with Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons to even up the odds. So that was cool. That was really cute. I liked it. So um, Ichibuti is saying that she wants Alba versus Mandy at Halloween Havoc to be an inferno match. Ooh. That would be amazing. I love fire. I thought Alba was going to set their car on fire at first. That would have been epic. I would have loved it if she set that Range Rover on fire. That would have made me excited in a way that I'm almost afraid to admit. But I would have <laughs> enjoyed it. I just, I don't know. I just like destruction sometimes. I can't explain. Um, <laughs> so the next match we had... Um, back on the men's side was between Ilya Dragunov and Zion Quinn. So Zion Quinn has been on the struggle bus lately because he's been trying to, you know, give off the impression that he's that guy because he has, you know, that look. And, he, and um, I told my dad, like, he thinks he's cute. Like, he just feels like he could just run up on folks and just talk to folks in any kind of way just because he thinks he's cute and he thinks he has that look or that vibe or whatever. But Ilya let him know real quick backstage, you know, before their match, like, you really don't have it all together. And while you're talking about how I don't have what it takes to be, you know, an actual personality or a champion or whatever, I have actually been champion. Your resume is basically blank. So hush. Either way, this is what started this match. <laughs> so, yeah, this was... A pretty it felt kind of one-sided in a sense because I was just like Ilya Dragunov was popping off the way that he pops off on his opponents, beating the crap out of Zion Quinn, you know, hitting him over the head. He even gave him a couple of headbutts in there because Ilya Dragunov is that guy and he he doesn't care. <laughs> he just doesn't care about hitting you with all of his body parts, especially his head. And that makes him very dangerous. So Basically, it's safe to say that Dragunov won this match. Um, Zion Quinn barely had a chance. It was sad. 
So yeah, Dragunov, you know, had a pretty good debut on NXT television. So Katrina, how do you feel about this match? And how excited are we about Ilya on NXT now? Super hype about Ilya. That's that's my guy. And again, this was I was concerned about some of my faiths from NXT UK not being here. Um on NXT because you know sometimes they do shenanigans so I'm so happy to see some of my faves kind of moving themselves on NXT uh you know I think Zion it's like a really nice looking guy he is however with that being said <laughs> I don't know what they're doing with him I do if you think of like how WWE usually is with like how certain looks usually go a certain way I was like, okay, well, he kind of got the pack, like the look, like you can really see him being dominant and, you know, being a champion of something. But I don't know. I feel like they're just like, they're just like, you're kind of here now. I, I I don't feel like <laughs> he definitely has been on the losing streak. Uh, again, really nice to look at, but I'm just like, dude, like, I don't know what happened. I did, like, I've seen him, it, it feel like the last couple of matches they've been having him, except for like one where he was kind of look very one-sided. He was getting beat up. And I'm like, all right, like, after a while, <laughs> how you just get beat up every time? Like, you got to have to exactly. figure something else. You got to work this out. I don't know what's going on. And so, yeah, I, I definitely did feel like, uh, you know, Ilya kind of had, like, he had something to prove, you know? And I feel like he probably was still feeling away after the, the segment in the beginning of the show. So, Zion, I getting paid for that. Uh, but you know, hopefully a turnaround. I'm just, I'm not understanding. I feel like he does have the look, but he has not, it's, it's been, it's been a bit abysmal, uh, <laughs> with how they've been going with his matches. So, so I guess we'll see, but I'm like, yeah, like he definitely did not like, it kind of felt like, you know, when you're, you school bully, you finally had enough and you just want to beat, like, let it all out. I felt like that was was happening. And so I just could not, didn't have an answer for it. It was, it was just like, damn, like, get it together. So we'll see if they fix it up. But he's definitely been a bit abysmal. He really has been. <laughs> it's like not even right how, like, down his uh, matches has been in regards to his winning streak. Yeah, with Zion Quinn, he's like a collage, kind of like how – you have a lot of different pieces of what works from various superstars and it's all put together on him, but somehow or another, it all hasn't come together to make one cohesive point. Um, and I feel like Zion Quinn has something, but it's just, there's just something missing. It's just not, it's like he has all of these pieces, but yet no purpose. And it's just, I'm waiting for that to manifest with him. Um, and apparently other people in the comments are too. Ichibuti saying Zion Quinn is good to look at, but very boring. And he needs a manager. Hey, you never know. You know, you just never know what could happen in NXT or in wrestling. He might get a manager. You just never know. Um, I agree with that sentiment wholeheartedly. So they got to figure out what's up with him. because, Or else I'm going to have to put him on the same tree as Von Wagner where I just don't get it. Um, and I just don't want to do that to him immediately, but that's what we've got. Um, then we had a little bit of a segment with Quincy Elliott who had on a Whitney Houston shirt, which made me excited because I love Whitney Houston, y'all. Um, so seeing him wear these t-shirts with all these different fandoms and stuff just makes me feel seen. And so watching him wear that Whitney Houston shirt, it's just like, oh my God, yay, Quincy. And he was backstage talking to Sangha who did lose his match, um, against Von Wagner last week. And so he was giving him a little bit of a pep talk, telling him everything was going to be okay. 
Um, but then after, of course, Zion Quinn lost his match, he walked back there and he told Zion Quinn that he did not have or he, that he did not see his X factor. And, you know, it's a shame when ba- when someone who's basically a baby in NXT is telling you that they don't see the X factor. That's a shame. And that's not no shade to Quincy Elliott, but he did just make his debut. And in comparison to Zion Quinn, who's been there, he is the baby. And it's a problem when you have a baby telling you, you ain't got it, sis, sir. You ain't got it. And then he walked away from him, and Zion Quinn looked mad about it. So that was really interesting. And, yes, Ichibuti said he had an Aaliyah shirt on one time. He sure did. And then he also had on, I think, a Spice Girls one, and then I think a Bratz one, too. So Quincy Elliott is that guy. I love him. So this was a pretty stacked card. So we have um, a couple more matches to talk about. Um we had a match with Brutus Creed versus Damon Kemp. Because, um, of course, Damon Kemp is still on his angry, I hate the diamond mine face, so I'm going to destroy it inside out. Um, and Brutus did not take too kindly to that, so he challenged him, and now this is his fight. Um, these two are so athletic. <laughs> They're so athletic because they're basically, you know, almost trained like in the same form of wrestling. And it was just, it was pretty good um, for the most part. Um, Damon Kemp was enjoying, you know, inflicting pain upon Brutus Creed. Um, but then he lost control after Brutus basically threw him outside of the ring. But then Kemp basically smacked um, Brutus repeatedly with a steel chair. And that got him disqualified. So Brutus wound up winning the match um, via disqualification. Um, but as it went on, he just kept attacking him over and over again. And I was wondering, like, where is the other brother at? Where's Julius? Like, Julius should be coming to the aid of his brother. But I guess he, he wanted his brother to sort of fight his own battles or something like that, which I understand. But still, though, if you see your sibling getting their butt whooped, don't just watch it happen. Intervene. <laughs> Intervene. Help help him <laughs> but that's basically how it went so katrina how do you feel about this evil turn that damon kemp has had um and his attack on the diamond mine it was a good match i felt like it was it was really hard hitting uh but he definitely did uh after a while he kind of just went a little ham uh, <laughs> yeah. like it should have gotten to that level but it definitely did and why i'm definitely for you because i'm quick you know I have I have five siblings and so I'm the oldest but the tiniest and so I'm quick to be like listen I wish a person would quick like I'm definitely the crazy sister like or so who we fighting like it, like just super protective big sister and so even though I'm the tiny the smallest one of the group uh and so I definitely you said he should have came and helped like that would be me like first of all it's one thing I guess to fight your battles if it's a fair situation and you kind of let them do it but it's a whole different thing with what he did was like maybe he needed a little bit of help maybe he needed somebody to kind of step in and help him out a little bit and so bro definitely should have because i would have uh, personally that's that's just how i am uh but it was it was good but i i, I feel like you know maybe this is just like he's gonna be more aggressive i mean he's a big guy already you know, he's already pretty dominant. And so maybe he's doing, you know, maybe if he does this more aggressive way of fighting, it could, it, it'll lead to something else. We'll see. But he definitely was overly, I was like, okay, you know, if it warranted all of this, but 
I guess. <laughs> I guess if that's if you that's the way you want to pull it, I guess. But it did seem like he was a bit overly aggressive. But otherwise, solid match. Kat, you have five siblings? Yes, I have a twin brother, as I uh, <laughs> told you. But I was born first, so I have a twin brother, and then there's four after us. So yeah. Whoa. And I am the smallest one. I am the shortest one. And I'm like, conspiracy. Because there was one point when I was taller, and then all of a sudden, I stopped growing, and I'm just like, oh, okay, well, universe, just skip my height. Rude. <laughs> so, yes, I have a, a total of five other siblings, uh, and I'm the big, like, crazy big sister. Like, I'll be, not that I want to be in situations, but I'm quick, like, who, who, who we fight in. If they're messing with you, they're messing with me, kind of. But especially with my siblings, like, kind of quiet. So it's like... I'm quiet too, but I'm also not letting people talk to me all kind of crazy either. So it's like I'm definitely that big sister where I'm ready, like who 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 needs me to be that sister today? Like I try try to I try to be nice. Uh but yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that is so crazy. Because it's just like I I'm the big sister. Um but there's only two of us. It's just me and my sister, um, Jackie. We're eight years apart. Um, but the thing is, I'm short and she's tall and she's the fighter. She's the fighter. Like I might talk a lot. Like I can talk smack like nobody's business. Um, but my sister is the one who will talk smack and destroy you at the same time. <laughs> so, Let me not act like I can beat up everybody. I'm a tiny person. Like just be realistic. But I'm also because my mouth is can get real crazy too if it needs to be. If I need to, my mouth get real reckless. However, I just don't believe in letting people talk to you all kinds of crazy or letting people disrespect you or let people walk over you. I've always been really firm about I can be tiny, but you're not talking to me all types of crazy. And so because of that, it's like my automatic mood is like protective mode. And so if somebody happens to my siblings, I'm ready. Uh, it's a hundred times worse with my kids because they're my kids. And so, and then even with like friends of mine, I realize like, oh, it's bad. I'm so quick to be like, who said what? Because <laughs> who, who need me to step in? I'm quick to step in. Like, it's just like a protective nature. And I guess mom mode before I was a mom, but the mom mode in me, it's like always like want to protect my my loved ones. And so I think that's what it stems from. Mostly just wanting to be protective and make sure they're okay. So I get it. I get it. Um, <laughs> he says, is Ivy still in Diamond Mine? She's barely with them anymore. She is in it, but she's also in a tag team with Tatum Paxley. So she's a part of the women's tag division now, but she is still technically with Diamond Mine. Um, and JD is saying Katrina is going to defend your honor even if she has to get a stack of phone books first. I mean, listen. <laughs> that's a good thing. It's a good, you're a good person to have in a fight. But then um, after this match, um, or basically quasi match, um, Nathan Frazier revealed that the winner of the best of three series, you know, in those matches between him and Axiom would get the final spot in the NXT North American title ladder match. And of course, they have been having a series of matches that have been really good. And they showed him playing soccer, which is something I did not know that he was really good at, but I thought that was cool. I was just like, okay, soccer, that's cool. Um, but yeah, it was great. And then they also had a promo between Wendy Chu and Lash Legend. And that went about as well as you can expect um, with the both of them throwing mad shade at each other. 
Um, and Lash Legend basically was saying that even though she doesn't have anything against the way that Wendy Chu dresses or acts or whatever, she basically said that when it's time for Lash to talk, I don't care who is in front of me. It could be Lizzo. It could be Beyonce. It could be this person. You gonna move out the way. And I was just like, first of all, you're not going to tell Beyonce to move out of the way. I don't care who you are. Beyonce? Beyonce? No, I'm sorry. I respect the confidence. I do, like, you know what they say? You go on Beyonce's internet and you say shenanigans. However, I respect that she feels that, like, that deeply about it. But, obviously. <laughs> I was I like, mean, oh, all right. Bold. I feel, like there's, I feel like there's a difference between confidence and delusion. And that's kind of what that was to me. That's delusion. Like, you're not going to sit here. I feel like you can be confident. But don't be disrespectful, okay? Beyonce is the queen of us all. And you will not push Beyonce out of the way. Because you know, she she may be talking a big game. But she knows if she were in the same room as Beyonce, Julius, the security guard, and everybody else isn't going to let her just bum rush her and move her out the way. That's not going to happen. And definitely not Lizzo. So, Lash, humble thyself just a little bit. Just a tad. Have confidence, but be real with yourself. But either way, her and Wendy Chu gonna fight, and I'm here for it. So moving on towards the end <laughs> of NXT, um, we had a pub rules match between Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen, the Country Boys versus Gallus, um, Wolfgang, and Mark Coffee. Oh, this match was very brawl-tastic. It really was. Like... They were all over the place in this match. They were hitting each other with trash cans, hitting each other with all kinds of different moves and stuff like that. Like, there was just a lot going on, and there really wasn't a dull moment in this match at all. Like, there was a point where Gallus was fighting through security. Actually, they was fighting security all night, if we're being real. Um, and then Joe Coffey punched a security guard in the face, which banned him from being at ringside with his partners. Mark and Wolfgang was smacking their opponents with belt shots because of course you know there's nothing worse than getting smacked with a belt um then Briggs and Jensen stole the belts away and started whipping them with the belts and then they were smashing beer glasses over each other's heads and then they smashed Wolfgang through a table like it was just a lot going on but then security had to finally pull them apart towards the end of the match and it was almost hard to tell who won this match considering they just kept fighting each other and the security kept interfering and stuff like that but either way this was a brawl like if you're into just watching men just be overly masculine and beating each other's tail in a bar fight this is your kind of match so i recommend you watch it but it was a really wild ending to nxt so cat how did you feel about this match it, it it was wild uh i thought it was a really good end uh to nxt <laughs> but it was most certainly wild the fact that there was so much fighting with the security like there was a trash cans there was like a lot of violence a lot of aggression and so it was good uh but i feel like this that's what's been going on between the two of them so far it's been so much built up tension that i feel like now every time they're in the ring we're gonna get this type of like just brawling type style i feel like the last couple of weeks anytime we've seen them it's been straight up brawling straight up like we're not even caring about what the rules are necessarily we're not really caring about if we're gonna get stopped and so 
really solid and i feel like if this is gonna really like i mean i feel like it's came to a head already but i feel like uh, uh, it will they end this at halloween havoc or where they finally move away from it we'll see but it was definitely a brawl it was like all <laughs> all hell broke loose for that last main event uh kind of anything went uh but it was really it was a good end uh to the show it was like oh okay like all this like you know it, it was a lot but i thought it was done in a way that i wasn't like annoyed by it yeah, I yeah. feel like the APA would be really proud of this match. <laughs> the APA and Stone Cold Steve Austin would really be proud of this type of match and how hard they went in the paint. Um, it was really good. So do you think they're going to fight each other? Well, I don't think they'll fight each other again, but but they might, though, with the way that they was being pulled apart. But still, like, I feel like this isn't over between the country boys and gallas because they were just going at each other like, bah. But They were. Yeah, it was a pretty crazy solid end to that show. But this episode of NXT was pretty fire and pretty solid. Even though there were a couple of choices where we were just, eh, but it was still it was still pretty okay. So, of course, you can catch NXT on USA on Tuesdays, 8 Eastern, 7 um, Central. Um, and, of course, every Thursday, we will be here on Women's Wrestling Talk to give you the lowdown on what happened, just in case you missed it, and any and just interact with you guys. So... Katrina, thank you for joining me per usual and just tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, I'm on most social media uh, platforms and Cat We Trust, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. The E is a three. Uh, and definitely we are eight days away <laughs> from New York Comic Con. I'm like super, oh my God. Uh, but uh, if you guys are free, please, please, please definitely come sit in on the panel. It's going to be a good discussion. Uh, amazing ladies are on the panel. I'm excited. So that is the most like recent definitely thing. Again, it's eight days away. Yes. Yeah. I'm so excited to be a part of it. I'm going to get on the plane and come back to New York. It's going to be great. Um, so basically, you can follow me, your girl, Stephanie Hardy, um, on Instagram and Twitter at Queen Steph Hardy. Um, Basically, recently, well, that's going on right now in a few minutes, actually, I'll be having an interview on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast Live Vibe with Battle Club Pro owner Joaquin Morales, because he has an event coming up with Battle Club Pro Trial by Combat in Brooklyn. So we'll be having a discussion on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Follow the Hardy Wrestling Podcast for that to watch that Um um broadcast and of course i'll be in new york next week and i'll be releasing more new episodes of the hardy wrestling podcast because i've had a busy week of interviews um i've interviewed shay sawyer yesterday and that was really amazing and i also interviewed iridian fierro as well so please check those out as i release them but of course know that you can follow women's wrestling talk um on instagram and twitter at wwtalkpod Check out our website at www.talkpod.com and check out our merchandise and all of our articles because it is still Hispanic Heritage Month. And every day we are releasing amazing content and our writer's team is writing amazing articles about women um, of Hispanic descent who have made history and blazed trails for the um, future and also the present of women of Hispanic descent today. So please check that out um, and just continue to support our channel. Follow us on Facebook. Um, our YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and also subscribe to us on Twitch. Um, and then also, of course, get your notifications ready. So every time we go live, you know about it. And you can't miss anything that we do because we got everything to be done every day, every night. We are up in here. 
So with that in mind, thank you guys for joining us for this NXT After Show Live with Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. And until next time, bye, y'all. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet.